recorded live at 4 Triple Z Studios Brisbane on 102.1 FM and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Zed Games. With 10 years experience and over 500 episodes, Zed Games brings you the best in gaming news, reviews, community and culture. Want to reach out? Message us on Facebook at ZEDGamesAU. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Zara and with me in the studio tonight is... Hazel. And... Melee. Whoa. And we... I forgot who we were. I was just like so blown away by your names. Um, good names. We're Zed Games and we've got quite the lineup for you all tonight. Uh, we've got gaming Be- news. Video games. Video games. We've got a gaming review. Yeah. And we've also got a dis- discussion about video game thing. A conversation. A conversation. That will wow you. In Communication. Oh, what? Zara, Maylee, and Hazel. Yeah. We've got three different energies going on here. Yeah. We do. Um, <laughs> Hopefully they'll combine. At yeah, some we'll point. we'll sort of like average out halfway through the show and then we'll just create something new and magical. It'll be just a little funky um episode six hundred and twenty five soup. So yeah. stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. But before that, we gotta listen to some news. So Hell yeah. Let's hop right into it. This week in gaming news. E3 is almost upon us, or it would be if it were happening this year. While the ultimate fate of what was previously the world's most notable game industry trade event remains uncertain, it hasn't stopped many of the associated presentations from continuing on their own. Many conferences had already moved to an online focus to reach consumers. Throughout June, there are many announced events and more planned. Highlights include Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest, which kicks off on June 10th, Wholesome Direct on June 12th, and Xbox and Bethesda's Game Showcase on June 13th. Nintendo is expected to have at least one Direct during this time, and Sony, who has sat out E3 for the last three years, has remained silent. You can check out the full schedule in a handy calendar format on the Z Games website. Quality assurance workers at Activision Blizzard-owned Raven Software have successfully unionized and formed the Game Workers Alliance, a first for a US-based AAA studio. While the department is small, it represents a major win in the fight towards unionization in the industry. The National Labor Relations Board also found merit in the complaint that Activision Blizzard had tried to interfere with those in the company looking to unionize and had threatened employees that they cannot talk about or communicate about wages, hours, and working conditions. The push to unionize came after the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing filed a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard last year regarding a culture of sexual harassment and toxicity. On May 23rd, Take-Two completed its acquisition of Zynga for $12.7 billion. Take-Two chairman and CEO Strauss Selnick remarked on the acquisition. We are thrilled to complete our combination with Zynga, which is a pivotal step to increase exponentially our net bookings from mobile, the fastest growing segment in interactive entertainment, while also providing us with substantial cost synergies and revenue opportunities. The world's largest single esports event, the International for Dota 2, has announced it will be held in Singapore this year. Venue details have yet to be announced, but this year's event is scheduled sometime in October. The Zed Games release calendar. May 27th sees the release of Sniper Elite 5, 
for PlayStation and Xbox platforms and PC, and Golfie on PC. May 28th brings Arcade Spirits, The New Challenges, and Cow the Kangaroo to Xbox and PlayStation platforms along with Switch and the PC, Microsoft Flight Simulator Top Gun Maverick DLC for Xbox Series X and S and PC, and Pac-Man Museum Plus for Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. June 1 sees Corpse Factory on PC, and June 2nd sees Silt on PlayStation and Xbox platforms, Switch, and PC. That's all this week in gaming news. Woo! Good work, Raven Woo! QA. Woohoo! They did it. Congratulations. We, I'm a big fan of unions. I yes. love it. I love when people discuss their wages and salaries with each other. I love when um, people of the world unite. Um, big fan of it. And it's nice to see it coming to... Uh, unions good. Unions it was good. really good following the story and seeing, like, you know, the Raven executives, like trying to mess with them so bad and then they just file an nlrb complaint about it and get immediately destroyed (laughs) it's very satisfying um but like as as the uh the the chimp said in that movie with the monkeys apes strong together planet of the apes (laughs) that's the one um i don't watch movies i'm too busy playing video games in that situation i'll QA is strong together. Unions, the apes, and Blizzard is people? Um, look, I really didn't think this. Anyway, thing. not just, E3. Not E3. <laughs> I, 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 first of all, I love that Like, we don't need E3 anymore, you know? We, we didn't need it. Them. We didn't need it. No. No. The E3 was within us all along. It's just true. I mean, really, it was just a room with a stage. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they just gave us a room with a stage in it, and, and now we were like, we can have like ten different rooms. We can have ten. This is really great for the room and stage economy. No, it's actually uh, no. Co-rooming. That sounds good, but what if you want to be in two rooms at the same time? Then, then it's a nightmare. Teleport, Maylee. I can't do that. Stop rubbing it in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone's omnipotent. Well, look. You just you gotta just try harder. I'll try. Yeah, and while you're like thinking on that, we've got a funky little review by yours truly for Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Ganesti Ganork has developed a spell that turns gemstones into warriors, and he's just been gravely insulted. Simple? No threat? Ugly? He's hit his breaking point, turning all adult dragons into crystal statues. Luckily, a young purple dragon by the name of Spyro has managed to avoid turning into a garden feature, and now it's up to him to free the dragons defeat Gnasty Gnork, and most importantly, recover all those gems. This isn't a new story. In fact, the first three adventures our favorite little purple dragon went through 20 plus years ago has been remastered and spruced up, while keeping to the original stories, maintaining that original gameplay, and even keeping the same lines in voice actor, Tom Kenny, who voiced Spyro all those years ago. I'll be taking a bit more of a comparison approach for this review and talk about the changes they did make. 
I have been hurt by some rear masters before. Remember Ratchet and Clank? But when I booted up Spyro Reignited on my birthday during my birthday party, I was delighted, relieved, and felt like I was reliving that magic I first experienced when I was a wee little tyke all those years ago, when I would beg my neighbours to let me play on their PlayStation. Spyro Reignited Trilogy is a major revamp of Spyro the Dragon, Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage, and Spyro Year of the Dragon, and they made nearly every attempt to remain as faithful to the originals as possible, maintaining every level's design and layout. Obviously, the biggest change is its look. In my opinion, the original games hold up pretty well. A nice clear design will do that. It reads well, and it included some features that were quite revolutionary at the time. But that first game did come out 24 years ago. Minimal polygons, tiny textures, they pushed that old PlayStation to its limit. But we are at the point now where you can count the pores and faces on a 4K television. But they didn't take that let's make it look hyper-realistic approach, with highly detailed scales and every strand of fur rendered out. They took the approach that feels true to the original games. Everything is modelled beautifully, the proportions and style just feels like an evolution of the original intent. Everything is bright and colourful and vibrant. The animations are full of personality and are just a lot of fun to watch. One of my favourite things about the original games is how hard they push those polygons, and the charm and effort of that is translated here. All the dragons now have these wonderfully unique and detailed designs, even if they were only seen for a few moments. And the original developers from Insomniac worked closely with Toys for Bob in a collaborative approach that made sure that Spyro felt right, and it shows. There are also a few quality of life improvements, such as the controls getting updated. Spyro feels a bit smoother to control, but we're also able to control the camera with the right analog stick. And some of the features that were introduced in the second and third games are available throughout the entire trilogy, like skill points. They also did make some changes to some enemy designs. Semi-automatic weapons are now paintball guns, and some problematic elements were changed. These are things I didn't notice initially until I decided to replay the original games to see how much they did change, and it was definitely necessary. Didn't affect gameplay, that's for sure. They also included a feature where Sparks, Spyro's dragonfly friend, could hone in on the nearest gem. You want to know why they added this? Because it's so hard to see gems in Reignited. There's grass now where there was once flat ground and there's gems just hide in there. And the gems don't have that distinctive glint that would allow you to see gems on the other side of the level, even if the gems itself were cold out. It was quite frustrating to run around for hours trying to 100% these games before finding out about this feature. But look, gameplay is still almost identical to the original games, so much so that when I was struggling with the treetops decades after I had experienced my first rage quit because of these levels, I was able to use the original footage that someone had recorded solving that level and follow it exactly. This also applied to other painful levels. Trouble with the trolley, eh? I've mentioned that the story and even the voice lines have been left unchanged, and Spyro's original voice actor returned to voice Spyro here. There is a significant improvement in how the lines are delivered, including what seems to be the addition of a pop filter. And it's a lot of fun to hear Spyro's original voice actor show off his improvement in skill and delivery. However, because those lines are unchanged, you can hear more clearly how limited they were originally. There's only so much game you could put into a game back then. It's not a bad thing. 
and I don't think I would have wanted them to change the lines, especially not drastically. It's just a bit awkward. It's just a bit awkward sounding at times. Looks like I've got some things to do. Looks like I've got some things to do. The music is the same, but redone to just add more complexity to it, including adding dynamic music that becomes bassier with more drums when Spyro is sprinting around, and then smoothly returns to normal when Spyro is just doing his thing. I spent about a week playing through the games, rushing out of bed in the morning to park myself in front of the TV with a cup of tea. And while preparing for this review, I've also been playing through the original games to see how much they changed. And I think it's a testament to the love and the care they had for the series that it was treated so respectfully. They didn't make changes to the voice lines, the roles characters had, or any story changes. They did everything they could to recreate the game, but just bring it here, with us, a few generations later. It looks and feels amazing to play and brings me so much joy. And the fact that I could play Reignited for a few years and then boot up the original game and it just feels almost the same just makes this the most successful reimagining I've ever seen. That's my boy. That's our boy. And he looks a little fancier, but he's still a little purple dragon. Spyro Reignited Trilogy was developed by Toys for Bob and published by Activision. It is also available on PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, and the PC. past me. I really appreciated that review. My name is Zara. With me in the studio tonight is Hazel and Maylee. Hi. And do you want to say hi? I I can if you want me to. Okay, go on, go can ahead. Can I say something else? Yes. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. Okay. I, you know what? You baffled. I confuddled. Yeah. I did that to Bamboozled. myself. That was a bit of a conversational <laughs> Easter egg. Uh, which, oh, was that a little hint about what we're about to discuss? Maybe. Easter eggs in my video games? More likely than you think. It's May. It's past Easter. It's, okay, all right. Yeah, I know, but I still we got hot cross buns in my freezer. That makes it all the more special to find Easter eggs. Because they've been there for a month or more. I can't. I have no concept of time, actually. Um. Thankfully, it's been cold. They wouldn't have melted. All right, you two. I'm hungry. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Easter eggs. I want to talk about Easter eggs. So, someone tell me an Easter egg from a video game. Hazel. Well, <laughs> in Hideo Kojima's Metal Gear Solid franchise, there are many Easter eggs. A lot of them involve playing around with like the hardware of the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And in Metal Gear Solid 3, there's a boss. His name is The End. And he's a very old man in a wheelchair, but he's also the world's greatest sniper. And his name is The End. His name is The End. Um, all of the bosses are called The Something. In Metal Gear Solid 3, it's a very conceptual game. Um, the End, um, he's a very old man in a wheelchair. He's also the world's greatest sniper, so... Your boss fight with him mostly consists of, like, trying to creep from, like, cover to cover through this open area, dodging his sniper shots as you go until yeah. eventually you can get past him. Yeah. But, um, the 
if you don't do that, if you instead uh, stop, pause the game, turn your console off, and wait about three weeks and turn it back on, he dies of old age. Oh my and god! And you can just walk through the level. Like <laughs> that's gross trance. Oh, I okay. First of all, how do people even find this? Second of all, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Imagine coming up with that idea in the studio, and everyone's like, "Oh, you know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll I know put that exactly in." Exactly how people find that. How? They get to the level and go, "This sucks. I hate this." And then they turn their console off and don't play the game for a few weeks because they're tired of it. And then they come back okay. and the guy's dead. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Most Easter eggs, I'm still confused, but that does explain this one. I feel like if like a boss I was annoyed with disappeared, I'll just be like, was he actually there? Was the boss then perhaps... I'd, then I'd feel really me? annoyed because I wouldn't know it's an Easter egg. And I'm like, oh, it was that easy. I should have just kept playing. I'd, I'd feel stupid. Well, hmm. a real, that's a real funny one. Melee. That's me. Yes. I don't have anything as as integral to the gameplay. I just have something neat that's I love like neat. It's a it's a Easter egg between uh, two games that I love. Yeah. Um. So one is Life is Strange. That's actually the second Life is Strange. Um, and I have to I have to portray this in a way that wouldn't spoil either game. There's a point where you're playing on a ham radio, and another game that I really love is Oxenfree, uh, which yeah. utilizes ham radios a lot, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of radios in that game. And you can actually, if you search on the right frequencies in Life and Strange that they use in Oxenfree, you can hear the calls of the characters in Oxenfree coming through in the Life is Strange universe. Oh, oh, that's lovely. You can like listen in to them. Oh, that's so sweet. I- yeah. See, that's I just cute. That. I tried to find out the story behind it. Um, the studio behind Oxen Free doesn't know. And as far as I could tell, uh, Life is Strange people just have, an homage. have never like, mentioned why they did it. But it's cute and I love it. Someone was just a fan. I was like, you know what? Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually have a, an Easter egg that's kind of similar. Oh. Um. Um. Also, kind of a little bit, a little bit sweet. It's um, so in the earlier Ratchet and Clank games, and in the Jack and Daxter games, way back when, um, Insomniac and Naughty Dog, kind of like you know, they're getting their footing in in the games industry and everything. And you know, they're still learning how to do stuff. Um, and they had actually worked together to help um, help out with some things that the other studio was struggling with. Um, and I forget which studio helped which, but one of them helped with the walk cycle for a different game, uh, for the other's game. And so when you play through, um, I'm pretty sure it's Ratchet and Clank 2, and in Jack and Daxter 2 or 3, um, you can actually see references to the other's games. So in Jack and Daxter, when you're zooming around through Haven City, um, you can see ads for Ratchet and Clank on these really big monitors and stuff. And I was just like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> they're These friends. Two, they're friends. Those they're video pals. games are friends. Oh, and it's just like, I just love it. Um, of course, when uh, Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank did interact in that PlayStation 
not Smash game. Oh, the PlayStation, like, All-Stars battle Mm -hmm. something? Um, They were less nice to each other. They were not friends. No. Not initially. Um, I never actually played it, so I don't know. (laughs) I assume that they became best friends at the end of it. Uh, Hazel, you had another one for us, didn't you? I do. In probably my favorite game of all time, Morrowind, The Elder Scrolls Three. Um, you might, you know, Skyrim players might be familiar with mud crabs. I've heard of mud crabs. They're a yes. staple of the series. Um, Morrowind very heavily features mud crabs. They're all over the place, oh, and okay. due to the lo-fi graphics of 2002, they're actually kind of hard to differentiate from the terrain. So they sneak up on you. Mm-hmm. But there's one mud crab where if you if you talk to it, it turns out to actually be a merchant. <laughs> Not just any merchant. One of the best merchants in the game, um, it is one of the only merchants that will actually buy all of your items at full price without like trying to haggle with you. What what a noble little guy. What a I love that. So is it is it someone in disguise as a mud crab or is no, it? No, it's a just sentient? a mud crab. Have you have you ever actually talked to a mud crab? No. In real life, I mean. And not talking about Skyrim. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some they're of them, just funky little guys. Yeah, they're funky little guys. And they're quite... Um, I've never known them to run shops, though. Well, it's not really something that they do these days. They now invest in stocks. Ah, oh, um, Because, you know, the economy. Um, but way back... <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, we're talking about mud crabs. Mud crabs lost out big on Luna Coin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, but you know they're resilient, resilient creatures, and I believe a in proud them. people. Yeah, and you know what? I love them. Um, it's, this is actually just making the, me more. The hungry. other best merchant in the game eat is them? a creature called a scamp. A scamp. Oh, a lovable little scamp. Um, and usually they're, they're Daedra, they're enemies, um, and they're they're horrible and they try to kill you. But this guy, his name is Creeper. Creeper. And, um, oh, man. <laughs> he's He just hangs out in a house and he's like one of the best merchants in the game because he's like, he'll buy all your stuff at like really good prices. And um, he just hangs out and he has voice lines where he's like, I'm creeping. Oh, <laughs> I love him. I what don't. I don't like that. My my neck feels exposed. I'll show you what he looks I'm like. I'm straight up wearing horrible. a turtleneck. Like I don't know how my neck feels exposed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a turtleneck. Watch out! He's creeping. Oh, no. Um, I did. I did. Okay, so I know Hazel. Hazel, you know this about me. Um, you probably don't. I quite like very specific YouTube channels. Um, um, I'm one of those people that love those, like, those full-on, like, two, three-hour YouTube videos that people do about this very niche subject. Um, and I did come across, um, this, uh, YouTube channel a couple of years ago, um, that does a series called Boundary Break, and I wanted to bring it up while we're talking about Easter eggs, because, um, Boundary Break is basically the, take the camera and put the camera in places you're not really meant to be, um, and... He's covered uh, games like Animal Crossing, New Horizons, uh, Five Nights, various Five Nights at Freddy's games. Um, and it's not quite Easter eggs, but you do find a lot of really cool um, tricks that they would do to make the game work. It's like 
watching behind the scenes footage for a movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes like looking that out of bounds awesome. in games at certain times, you can see like if there's like something that's supposed to appear appear in a cutscene, it'll just be like stored slightly off screen. Yeah. yeah. And then it'll just get like teleported in at the last moment. Or, or like it- you kill a boss and like they can't like they they don't have a good way to get rid of the body of the boss on screen, so it just it just gets put somewhere else until the level unloads. <laughs> like I think one of my favorite um little little things is um when characters are sort of like part of their body is exposed, um like behind a corner or behind a counter or whatever, um and you know they're all animated from like the waist up. The legs <laughs> the legs aren't doing anything. The yeah. legs are just like I am t posing my friend. Um, and it's even funnier when the character is peering around a corner because, like, one half of their body will be T-posing and the other half will be, like, actually doing things. And it's just, it's a little goofy, especially in a horror game. Yeah. 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 I, I will check that out. That sounds delightful. Definitely. It's not quite Easter eggs, but, like, you do find some, does find some, like, pretty neat little things that might interest you if you are into um, Easter eggs and little secrets that game devs hide in. The little creations. Um, we also have to say goodbye. Oh, yeah, it happens every time. Like you're playing with my heart. You're hot and cold. <laughs> we, we, we we don't have time to like play with hearts. We gotta we gotta we gotta say we bye. Get out. Goodbye. All right. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Zed Games. If you'd like to listen to more, check out our podcast on Spotify or follow us on social media at ZedGamesAU. See, See you next time. time.